turn over to Romans 12 and we're going to pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. It is spirit and it is life. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would remind us everything that he said. And so, Lord, we thank you for reminding us what your word says and showing us. It is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It gives us illumination so that we can take the next step. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. Father, I believe that you're so awesome and so great that you can answer every question in this room from every person today, now, here, <laughs> because you're that awesome. So, Holy Spirit, we, we tune our ears into you. We open our hearts to receive from you, and we thank you for answers. We thank you for solutions. We thank you, Father, for setting people free from the way that the world thinks and the way the world acts. We want to think like you and act like you so that people recognize Jesus in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this is the fourth week of our series that is entitled, Do Not Conform. And I'm beginning in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, or I beg of you, Paul says, I beg you, I plead with you, brethren, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God. One translation says, in, in light of all that God has done for you, I'm begging you to present your bodies, present your life, your spirit, your soul, your body, present every minute of every day to him as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's our spiritual worship. It's a, our act of spiritual worship. And do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You can't prove the will of God until your mind is renewed with the word of God. That's why we need to renew our mind. That's why when you were born again, you were given the mind of Christ. A lot of Christians were... Born again, given the mind of Christ, and they still have it in the box. <laughs> You've got to open the box and put the mind of Christ on to utilize the mind of Christ. Right? It's not automatic that you're going to think like God so you can act like God. And so we have to, we have to do something. We're responsible to present our bodies. That's why Paul says I'm begging you to do this. Because it's going to change you from the inside out. The message, message translation says. When we think like God. It's going to change our lives. The message also says. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture. That you fit into your culture. Without even thinking. And I see a lot of people. I really believe that the Holy Spirit put this on my heart, this series on my heart, because I see a lot of Christians that are, are conformed to the world that think like the world, and they forget, like James says, what manner of man they are, or woman they are, right? When we look into the perfect law of liberty, the Bible, which the Bible is, and James, it says that we look into this perfect law of liberty, don't forget what you just saw. Don't forget you have the mind of Christ. Don't fit into the culture without even thinking. And, and let the, the world mold you into what it wants you to be. 
And today, you know, I keep going back to this, but the world is saying you Christians need to just be quiet. Shut down and shut up. Stay in your little building. Don't mess with us. If I say anything that the Bible says, now it's considered or being considered by some as hate speech. Is that true or not true? I'm making this up. No, I'm not making it up. But pastor, you keep saying this. Yeah, because it's happening. And we never thought 5, 10, 20, 15, 25 years ago that ever in this country where we have religious liberty and freedom that it would get to this place. But the world is, this is an indication that the world is trying to press us into its mold. And if we're not careful, if we don't wake up, we won't even recognize it. So, there's a contrast, and it's right in this verse, of how the world thinks and how believers should think. How the world acts and how believers should act. And we have to stop imitating the ideals and opinions of this culture around us so that we can open our eyes and actually see what is happening to us. We talked uh, about fear. We talked last week about blame shifting and all of this strife and fighting and pointing fingers and it's your fault and it's your fault. And this week the Lord pulled me over to this principle of feelings and how feelings have become the main thing today. And so the, the title here is Emotional Roller Coasters. <laughs> Since COVID has happened, do you feel like you've been on an emotional roller coaster? Wow. That's, that was kind of a loaded question there. Um, but feelings are so important in the world today, and I think it's by design. I think it happened back in the 1800s. I think some people had some things to do with it. Um, I think the enemy used people, whether they knew about it or not, whether it was conscious or unconscious. Uh, you study the life of people like Sigmund Freud and different others, that they became enlightened into this feeling and the connection of sensation and feeling and your body and your soul and your will and your emotions. And wow. And so the world today says, you, just you do you. Have you heard that? You do you. That's like, don't let anybody tell you what to do. You do you. If it feels good, just do it. Live your best life. Live your best life. How about live God's life? It's best. God's life is best. What about be true to yourself? I want to change that to be true to God. <laughs> be true to yourself. Sounds good, man. It, it's like the Pied Piper and people are just following. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all about me. It's all about me. YOLO. <laughs> you only live once. In case you don't know that. Uh, Y-O-L-O. -O. YOLO. That's what the... I'm trying to help some older people catch up here. You, you got it, coach? YOLO. You probably heard them say that at school and you didn't know what they meant, right? YOLO. You only live once. 
But these are the things that the world says, you know, the emoticons, emoticons, all caps, you know, when you're sending a text, all caps, you know, you've got to yell it, you've got to scream it so that people really get it, you know. I find myself, when, I, when I'm using the hands up, hands raised, emoticon, I use not just one, I'm using three or four, like, yes. <laughs> and, I mean, today there are a lot of people that are, you know, digital warriors hiding behind their keyboards, blasting people, letting them know how they feel. Uh, I think they think it's noble to get their feelings out. But listen, just like Pastor Sheila said about the tube of toothpaste, once you squeeze it, you can't put it back in. You squeeze it out, you can't put it back in. And you may think that your tweet is not going to be seen, but people, when they see it, they take a screenshot. Oops. You may delete it, but oops, there was a screenshot. But the world is telling us, don't hold back. No restraints. No self-control. You don't need that. That's for, that's for the older generation. That's self-control. They encourage emotions and feelings to the extent that no one uses their mind anymore. <laughs> have you been saying that through this COVID? Where's every, have people lost their ever-loving mind? Yeah. Because there's emotional stress. And where there's emotional stress, just people just do what they feel. And there's no filter. It's just straight from the feelings to the words and the actions. Look at this scripture here, Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah 5.20 from the New International Version. If you're looking for the notes and you can go back to the notes, you can always go to lifeway.church forward slash and then the, today's date, like 5-2-21. We do have notes online. I encourage you to go back and listen to the, to the video or the audio. We have it on podcast too so that you can re-listen. Because you, you always, when you hear a message like this, it, it'll you know, go 30, 35, 40 minutes. And you think, wow, I got something out of that. But then if you go back and listen to it, you'll get more out of it. Things you may not have heard the first time. Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. And the word woe there, we don't use that word very often. Woe to you. Woe, woe to you. We say woe when we want people to slow down, like, Whoa, there's another meaning. Whoa actually means how terrible it will be. How terrible it will be for those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those or how terrible it will be for those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. And you say, well, how can these verses be, how could this verse be true? By putting emotions above everything else. 
when you exalt emotions above everything else, above the facts, when you exalt emotions above the science, when you place your feelings above logic, when you place feelings and emotions above common sense, whoa, <laughs> how terrible it will be. Because you will end up calling good, bad, bad, good, light, dark, dark, light, sweet, bitter, and bittersweet. You won't, you won't be able to discern anything because emotions are roller coasters, right? They're indicators. Emotions do not make good direction instruments. They don't make a good compass. They may be an indicator, like a thermostat on the wall. But they're not a good compass. So, how did the world become so feelings-based and, and ruled by their feelings? By listening to the enemy and refusing to follow the Spirit of God or the Spirit of Truth. Because there's truth and then there's your emotions. Sometimes it lines up, but sometimes it doesn't. How are you going to know when your emotions, because God gave us emotions, and there are good emotions, and God wants us to experience good emotions, right? Yes. But if we listen to the enemy and refuse to follow the spirit of truth, people are looking for truth. And the world has surmised or come to the conclusion that everyone can have their own truth. Well, that sounds good, but it produces chaos. Right? I felt like killing you. Okay. How does that work? <laughs> That's not going to work. That's called chaos. So there's a strategy. The enemy has a strategy. Like I said last week or the week before, the enemy is called the God of this world for a reason. Because right now in this season, he's in control of the people in this world that have not began to follow Jesus. Would you agree with that statement? If he's the God of this world, and the Bible says that he's blinded the minds of those who do not believe... Do you think there are a lot of people that are not following God? Yes, we have the indications. And the scripture here in Romans 12 says we shouldn't be pressed into that mold, but we need to wake up, renew our minds, and realize that the rest of the world right now in 2021 is following their feelings. So the church doesn't need to follow your feelings. Don't follow your feelings. That's why I appreciate James and Jazz talking about how important it is for a church to bring you back to the Word. What does the Word say? Not what do, does my feelings say. What does my opinion say? God gave us the Word because it does not change. We need something in our life that does not change. God gave us emotions and feelings, but not to be ruled by them. Some people may say, well, are our emotions and feelings the same? No. All emotions are feelings, but not all feelings are emotions. 
Explain. Okay. Feelings that are not emotions include, for example, those of pain, hunger, thirst, cold, warmth, fatigue, tension, relaxation, sleepiness and dizziness. Those feelings that originate in our bodies that cause us to be aware of changes or a need to change, right? If you're feeling cold, guess what? You need a blanket, right? So, those are feelings. Emotions is primarily a reaction in the soul from thoughts, memories, and body feelings. Emotion comes from a Latin word that means motion or movement. That's why we say when something moves us, we were moved with emotion. Now, depending on who you read and what you believe, out on the internet, there are a number of different emotions. Primary emotions, secondary emotions, and this emotion wheel that you can... I don't know, if you're not feeling any emotion, just spin it and pick one. <laughs> but people have studied this. Just believe me. You can go home and look it up, but... Um, trust me anger disgust disgusted fear happiness sadness and surprise these are six primary emotions right why are we talking about this because God gave us emotions he gave us feelings and they serve a purpose but we're not to be dominated by them we're not to follow our emotions and live by our emotions. Because if we do, we'll end up confused like the rest of the world. To be out of control emotionally is good for the medical community. Think about that statement. More doctor's visits, more prescriptions mean more money spent because we're depressed, stressed, overloaded. And can't cope. Many mental issues can be connected to what's called mood disorders. Bipolar, depression, PTSD, anxiety, panic attacks. And the list goes on and on and on. And I'm not making light of these conditions. There's many different situations in life that can affect your mind and your emotions. In fact, at the end of the service, we're going to pray and we're going to believe that God will heal you from any of those that you may be experiencing today. Today, you can be healed of them. You don't have to take a pill and come back next week and see me and sit in the chair and tell me all your dreams and tell me how you feel for the, for the next two years. God can heal you today, right? The point is that the enemy is constantly using or looking uh, to use your thoughts to trigger your emotions and feelings so that you will react from the flesh instead of responding from the spirit. God wants us to respond from our spirit and not react out of our flesh. And I think if you've been alive for any amount of time, especially if you've been married, you kind of found out the difference, right? <laughs> you can get mad. Two people laughed and nobody, everybody's looking forward. I'm not going to take that bait, Pastor. No. 
But you react out of the flesh, that's when you get slapped, right? <laughs> or the silent treatment, you know? It's, it's fight or flight, right? <laughs> Either they run to the other end of the house and shut the door and lock themselves in for a couple of hours, or uh, I'm going to pick up the closest thing and whack you over the head with it. Nobody, everybody's laughing, but <laughs> we know, we know the difference between the flesh and the spirit. We don't have to have a, a, a conference for a week to teach you <laughs> the difference between the flesh and the spirit. And we, we deal with the flesh because we're living and breathing on this earth. We have to learn how to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Or say no, I like this, to say no to the flesh so that we can say yes to the spirit. Because you can identify the flesh. It raises up really quick. And you can either choose to respond or react. If you respond, then you're following God's leading by his spirit to do the right thing. If you react, then you're just following your flesh patterns and habits and strongholds that have built up over your life. Maybe you grew up in a house where they were throwing pans and knives and everything else. And that's just how we, that's how we roll. But you can train yourself. That's what Romans 12 is here for, right? Train yourself how to think with the mind of Christ. So you don't say anything or do anything that would hurt anyone else because it ultimately hurts you. Here's some scriptures about... Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the scriptures that talk about anger. But anger is an emotion. Right? And it's an emotion that God gave us. When we see unrighteousness and we see um, sin, God gets angry at sin. Some people think that he just kind of turns his head. But if you read what things God hates... That scripture is still in the Bible. God hates certain things. Look at Proverbs 16, 32. The Passion Translation. Proverbs 16, 32. Do you want to be a mighty warrior? Yes, sign me up. It's better to be known as one who is patient and slow to anger. Do you want to conquer a city? Oh yeah, I want to be a leader. Rule over your temper... Before you attempt to rule a city. This points to or points out or magnifies this thing called self-control. Can you control yourself? Can you control your mouth? Proverbs 29 verse 11. The Passion Translation. Proverbs 29 11. You can recognize fools by the way they give full vent to their rage and let their words fly. But the wise bite their tongues and hold back all that they could say. In, a, in, in other words, think before you speak. Which is easy to say and difficult to do. Right? I want to look at another scripture that talks about that very same thing. James 3, 3 through 5. James 3, 3 through 5. The Passion Translation says, Horses have bits and bridles in their mouths so that we can control and guide their large body. And at the same, the, the same with mighty ships, though they are massive and driven by fierce winds, 
yet they are steered by a tiny rudder at the direction of the person at the helm. And so the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it carries great power. So you can control your life. You, you can, this is talking about the direction for your life. This is the underlying principle here. You can control your life if you can control your tongue. And then it goes on to say that the only thing powerful enough to control our tongue is the Holy Spirit. Right? We need the Spirit of God to help us control our tongue. Can everybody say amen? <laughs> yes, Lord, sign me up. Give me two, three hands raised here. Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-eight. Yeah, we did it. We did a series like a, a year, a year and a half ago, called "Me and My Big Mouth." Whew. That was that was tight, wasn't it? <laughs> Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-eight. The Passion Translation. If you live without restraint and are unable to control your temper, you're as helpless as a city with a broken down defense, open to attack. And the truth is, guys, we can't constantly make excuses for our feelings and then blame the devil for the attacks. When we grow in self-control and we learn to forgive, we can fortify ourselves against the attacks of the enemy. But until we operate in self-control, our walls are broken down and the enemy is going to attack. And it's not God's fault. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 16. Proverbs 12, 16. The Passion Translation. If you shrug off an insult and refuse to take offense, you demonstrate discretion indeed. But the fool has a short fuse and will immediately let you know when he's offended. Hmm. Let me, say, let me read that again so we can think about it. If you shrug off an insult and refuse to take offense, a lot of people offended these days. They take offense really quick. You demonstrate discretion indeed, but if you shrug off an insult and refuse to take offense, you demonstrate discretion. But the fool has a short fuse and will immediately let you know when he or she is offended. The scripture that came to my mind, or the principle that came to my mind, is love is not touchy. Love is not touchy. So if you have the love of God in you, don't be touchy. When something or someone pushes your button or triggers you, remember that it's only a test to see if you're growing and being transformed by the word of God. Are we going to pass the test? Are we going to pass the test? Because if we don't pass the test, guess what? There'll be another test. There'll be a retest. In the morning, get ready for the retest. Just remember that it's the enemy behind the people. Love the people, forgive the people. Love the people, forgive the people. But remember that your enemy is going to use people around you, sometimes the ones that are closest to you, to punch those buttons and pull those triggers to get you to take that offense. 
James chapter 1 verse 15. James 1 15, the Passion Translation. Evil desires give birth to evil actions. The word desires there actually means passions. And really it means uncontrolled emotions. When sin is fully mature, it can murder you. So I believe that that is saying that when you're over the top emotion and you express that, it's going to hurt you more than anyone else. Well, I just have to give them a piece of my mind. Watch out. How many more pieces do you have left? Right? I got to tell them. I got, okay. Watch the toothpaste because when you squeeze it, hard to get back in the, in the tube. So as the world turns, I, I, I've got some examples here of how feelings have just taken over everything. I've just got a couple of examples. I'm just going to bring a couple of examples. How about the identity crisis? The lost identity. What you were born and how you identify. You were born a male, but don't you feel like a girl? Uh-oh, pastor's going down one of these roads. Could be, could be called hate speech, gender dysphoria. I did a little bit of research, so. Not, not, not a lot, I'm not an expert, but I, I can tell some things. Gender dysphoria. They say, they say, I've got a couple of sources that say different things, that there are 63 genders. One person says 63 genders. Another person says 112 genders. And then there's another one that says it's a spectrum. It's a gender spectrum. It's a whole spectrum. So it's impossible to count how many genders there are because there's so many possible op options. How is that based? When God said he created them male and female. How? And, and I did read some of the kind of the, 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 the circle logic on it, it just circles around. And the circle doesn't make any sense about the difference in gender and sex and all of this. And it's like, okay, what is all this based on? Feelings. Feelings. How do you feel? How do you feel? Not, how do you feel today? Because you can, if gender is fluid, then you can just change anytime you feel. What is your choice based on? Feelings. The world's way of thinking says that in order to be happy, and that's what we should all pursue, happiness, that you have to do what you feel like doing. Has, I'm, not, I'm not expecting you to answer this as a hypothetical question, but I did a little bit more digging, a little bit more research, and there's actually something called other kin. Uh-huh. Somebody knows. It's a term that is used by people who identify as partially or entirely non-human, either in a spiritual sense or in terms not, uh, of not being comfortable in their own body. 
they might feel like a dragon, an elf, a lion, or a wolf, or anything. How, I'm just reading from their website now. How they feel inside doesn't match how they look on the outside. And, and listen, you can't understand this. You have to feel it. Do you feel it? Uh, but no joke, there was a college student who was born female, but she, dis, uh, she identified as a, as a fox. And so they had to let her, you know, defecate on the, on the grass and eat in the lunchroom, just, you know. It, where does it stop, you know? Here's the thing. If you believe that God created you, and that's the key. If you believe that God created you, and you are not what you feel like you should be, then God must have made a mistake. And or you're smarter than he is. Right? I was born this way, but I feel another way. Okay. There's one word for all of this, and it's confusion. Confusion happens when we use something that changes, like our feelings, to, to define something that God created static. Let me say that again. Confusion happens when we use something that changes, like our feelings and our emotions, to define something that God has created static. Do you buy that? Don't believe me. Again, don't believe me. Study. But, but ask the spirit of truth to reveal some of these things to you. This is what the world is believing now. And you, you don't have a choice. You have to go along with this. That's what they say. Okay? Or you're going to be mean, hateful, hate speech, all of that. Let's look at one, one scripture here. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Colossians 3, 1, 1 through 11. The Passion Translation. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. Isn't that good news? In all of this confusion, here's the spirit of truth speaking to his children <laughs> that he created. And God's not confused how he made you. And Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for above uh, uh, all that is above. Yearn for those things that are above. For that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, all honor, and all authority. Amen. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities. And not with the distractions of the natural realm. Are these unfounded, confused, illogical debates that lead to nowhere but your feelings. It says your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God in Christ. So it uses fill your thoughts, which, which really means that you have the ability to control the thoughts that you meditate on. 
Somebody said it like this before. You may not be able to control what bird or which bird or how many birds fly over your head, but you can control if you, if you allow them to build a nest in your hair. Right? So, where do we go to get heavenly thoughts? To the Word of God. And we have to fill our thoughts with His thoughts, with His Word. And because we're one with Him, we need to seek and pursue those things that He is seeking and pursuing. How do we do that? By allowing His Word to transform us as we practice Romans 12, 1 and 2 every day. Romans 12, 1 and 2 every day. Practice Romans 12, 1 and 2 every day. So we tie ourselves to Jesus because our life is hidden away in God and in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed. For you are now one with him in his glory. You are now one with him in his glory. If you're following Christ and you made Jesus Lord of your life, you are now one with him in his glory. Even though you're still on this earth, he hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't left you. He sent the Holy Spirit here to maintain that connection to him. We don't have to live like the world. We are connected with Christ. We don't have to think like the world. We are connected to Christ. We don't have to act like the world. We are connected to Christ. You're one with him right now in his glory. Live as one who has died to every form of sexual sin and impurity. Uh-oh, here he goes again. That's Paul. His Paul, he's, he's writing, he's, he brought up the word sin. Live as one who died to diseases and desires forbidden for forbidden things, including the desire for wealth, which is the essence of idol worship. Listen, if you desire anything more than God, it's in the wrong place. It's in the wrong priority. We have to desire God more than anything. When you live in these vices, you ignite the anger of God against these acts of disobedience. But Pastor, I thought we say that God is a good God. Yes, He's a good God. But He wants you to stay safe and live long. Sin brings death. That's right. And if we allow you to continue, if God forbid that we use the grace of God to continue in sin, the more, the deeper you go, the, 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 the closer you get to death. Right? right. And so God is saying, hey, don't disobey, follow me. We see this from, from Genesis, all the way from Genesis. Just obey God and walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Let's go on reading. That's how you once behaved, characterized by your evil deeds. But now it's time to eliminate them from your lives once and for all. Anger, fits of rage, all forms of hatred, cursing, filthy speech, and lying. Lay aside your old Adam self with its masquerade and disguise. For you have acquired new creation life which is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you. Listen, again, you didn't create yourself. God created you. And he did it right the first time. No need for a repeat. 
He gives you the full revelation. The one who created you gives you the full revelation of God. In this new creation life, your nationality makes no difference. Where you were born, your ethnicity, your culture, your race, your skin, color, your education, whether you got a master's or not, somebody, <laughs> or economic status, whether you have any money in the bank or you owe everybody in town. It doesn't matter. They matter nothing. Everybody say, they matter nothing. What matters? Christ. If he's in you and you're in him, the only thing that matters is Christ. 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 <laughs> For it is Christ that means everything as he lives in every one of us. Those, of course, he's, he's insinuating those of us who have followed Christ. Because Paul, again, is writing to the church at Colossae. He's not writing to the world. He's writing to the church. Those who have chosen Christ, the only thing that matters is Christ. Not where you came from. Not who you look, what you look like. Don't conform to the world. Don't bow down to our feelings. But be transformed by God's word and prove that his word works. Prove that God's word works. Here's another issue. COVID. That's a big word. Big word. Watch out because the censors are scrolling YouTube and Facebook right now. He said COVID. He said COVID. People are willing to lose their minds and their common sense. Because of the feelings of anxiety that open the door to fear. Feelings, got, again, the principle is, and I'm using this example to illustrate, okay? He's not just picking on COVID. But COVID's under our feet. If Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and he took stripes on his back, and one of those stripes was for COVID, COVID's under our feet. If you choose to believe it, I choose to believe it. But that feeling of anxiety always opens the door to fear. And people are using feelings to shame and guilt people into getting a vaccine that is apparently being mandated by a free country. There's a hundred colleges and universities now saying that you can't come to school unless you have the vaccine that hasn't even been really approved by the FDA. So, again, let's get back to guilt and shame and how the devil and the world uses guilt and shame to put something on you because you did something or didn't do something. Come on. Feelings in the world's realm, feelings reign. In God's realm, the word reigns. Truth reigns. Amen. Truth is higher than feelings. Can I get an amen? amen? Another thing, the issue. The race war. And I do mean it's a race war. Nobody's called it that, but it's there. It's being fought by the government, in the government, and in the public square. It's fueled by feelings... To the extent that people have lost the ability 
to use common sense, reason, and logic. And we need to recognize this so that we don't get sucked into the middle of it. The body of Christ has no business being in the race war. Feelings. Again, the world says the feelings, it's all about feelings. It's all about feelings. So are we going to follow the flesh or are we going to follow the spirit? When your mind and your words are tied to your feelings, you will always follow your flesh. And you will default to your flesh. But when your mind is renewed with God's word, and you're thinking with the mind of Christ, you're at that place, you're able to follow his spirit. You know, Jesus got his prayer answered. He prayed to the Father and he said, Lord, or he said, Father, he said, Lord, let's Lord, Father, Heavenly Father, my disciples, don't take them out of the world, but protect them from the evil in this world. That was Jesus' prayer. And I believe he already got it answered. Right? Because the Heavenly Father gave us the Holy Spirit. He also, to protect us, right, from the evil in the world. He also gave us something called the full armor of God. Every piece of the armor of God protects us from the attack of the enemy and the, the thinking of this world. Every part of the armor, the full, God didn't leave any, any part out, right? And then he gave us the mind of Christ. So Jesus prayed, the heavenly father answered, and we have the mind of Christ. We have the full armor of God. We have the Holy Spirit protecting us, surrounding us. So that we can walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. So that we can live on this earth in the middle of all this chaos and confusion and still do what God wants us to do. Amen. Uncontrolled negative emotions are the enemy of faith. Look at Romans 8, 6. Last scripture, 8-6, Romans. For the mind set, or the mind that is set on the flesh, the mind set of the flesh is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. So our goal is a Spirit-controlled mind, not a flesh-controlled mind. Can you see that? We need to be controlled by the Spirit. So we don't enter in to this flesh battle that's going on. Because the flesh battle, nobody wins. When you get into a fight on Facebook over something, nobody wins. Has anybody found that to be true? You hurt somebody, they hurt you. And everybody that's watching that, they get hurt too. They're like, wow. Your reputation is worth more than that having to be right. Have to be right. Because I feel it. Wait a minute. And quite frankly, the reason that faith is not working sometimes in the lives of believers is because we give more attention to our feelings. 
than the faith that God has given us. So we need to practice Romans 12, 1 and 2. Well, the world, the world's telling me I should feel this way. What should I do? Don't conform. Don't conform to the world. But conform to God. How do you do that? By staying close to his word. By feeding yourself with the word. By transforming yourself. By renewing your mind to what God said. I know this is real practical. I know it's right down where we live. The reason that I used some of these examples. is because it's very clear. It's very clear. We need to see. We, we need to see what's going on. Or we end up in the middle of a battle when we should be armored up, being transformed, growing, producing fruit, having our eyes set on things above, our heart, our affection set on things above, not on things of this world. Can you say amen? amen. Let's all stand. We will not conform to what the way the world thinks or the way the world acts because God has transformed us. He's brought us into a relationship. He's, we're part of his family. And the greatest thing for our Heavenly Father is when we act like Him and people see Jesus in us. And the Father can say, wow, look, they're acting like me, they're talking like me, they're, they're doing what I've asked them to do. Not fighting and debating and getting angry, fussing, pointing fingers. Lord, help us. Help us see, help us see that our life is precious. Help us see that our first responsibility is to grow, to grow up, to mature. We be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger, slow to wrath. That we have our feelings and our emotions under control. That we're not living by our feelings or our emotions. But we're living by your word.